You know, I really, I enjoy the Apostle Paul. I spend most of my time in his writings. I believe if you can find it in the Bible, you find it in Paul's writings. Yeah, he has nothing that he doesn't talk about. Um, and so, I didn't read from Paul's <coughs> letters the other day, but I read something about Paul. And it was just so amazing. I'm not going to be able to read all of Acts chapter 27 and Acts chapter 28. But I, I uh, am encouraging you. I am encouraging you to go back and just read Acts chapter 27 and Acts chapter 28. They, it's, they are two amazing chapters. And they are so rich. They are so rich with the goodness of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the protection of God, the promise of God. You know, what faith in God accomplishes, it's, it's just phenomenal, the two, the two portions of Scripture, uh, the two chapters from the book of Acts. So we're just going to look over some of them, and we're just going to pull some, some of the, uh, the many fascinating encouragements that, that are found in those uh, portions of Scripture. So I'll start off with Acts chapter 27, verses 1 and 2. And I've titled this message, Against All Hope. <laughs> Against all hope. What happened? Oh, okay. Oh, you know what? Before I begin, no, I'll, I'll save it to the end. Anyway, against all hope. Acts chapter 27, verses 1 through 2. Now it says this, tells us this. Now when it was determined that we, including Luke, you know, Luke is including in this we, that we would sail for Italy, they turned Paul and some other prisoners over to a centurion of the Augustan regiment named Julius. And going aboard a ship from a Dramatian, which was about to sail for the ports along the west coast province of Asia Minor, we put out to sea. And Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, accompanied us. Now what's going to be taking place here is now if you remember from earlier uh, chapters, you know, Paul found himself in a challenging situation, under arrest, under persecution, and he appealed to Caesar. So now, Paul had to go to Caesar, because he was a Roman citizen. And this is the little background here. And so he, he's on this ship, and it's amazing that this was not a little ship, this was a big ship. Because it tells us in this portion of scripture that there were 276 people on this ship. Mm -hmm. And Paul was one of them. And he was with the inmates. He was with the inmates. Although you find out that he had favor with the centurion. The, the, the centurion for some reason really embraced and, and, and liked Paul. Who knows? No, I don't think it was the same centurion that Peter ministered to. But you never know. Who knows? You know, so it was important to remember that Paul was to go to Rome. Very important to remember, Paul was to go to Rome. And why is that important? Because Paul knew he had an assignment. Paul knew 
God told him he was going to Rome to witness to Caesar. Paul knew he was commissioned by God to go. Very, very important to, to understand this. Where it says, and remember, Paul was to go to Rome. Because this, this right here becomes very important for us. All right, Because we're going to see the, the kinds of catastrophe and the calamity, is that a word? <laughs> calamity and, and difficulties, you know, that Paul had to endure and face because they didn't listen to his counsel. But he knew he would get through because he had something to do. Something that God had commissioned him to do. And that's so important to have, you know, in life. You have to have in life a reason. You have to have in life a calling. You know, only a pastor is not the only one that has a calling. We all have callings. We all have, we all have, you know, it says that we've all been created in Christ Jesus to do good works. It all, it, it tells us all that. It tells us that, 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 that God is, is working in us, right, a perfection, so that we could live out our destiny. We have a destiny, we, something that we're destined to do and accomplish and work. So it's important to, to get a hold of that, to know that, to understand that, because if something comes your way, you say, no, 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 get thee behind me. I'm not finished yet. My race is not done. My course is not over. God has told me. And you have something to focus on, something to focus on. So it's important to remember that Paul was to go to Rome. In Acts chapter 23, verse 11, it, it says, On the following night, the Lord stood near Paul. Wow. It says the Lord. It says the Lord. It doesn't say an angel. It says the Lord, Jesus himself. It says the Lord stood by Paul and said, and said Be brave, for you have... For as you have solemnly and faithfully witnessed about me in Jerusalem, so must you also testify of me in Rome. So Paul had to know. And what what so so what was Paul understanding? I'm going to Rome. I am going to Rome. Nothing is going to stop it. Nothing is going to keep me from going to Rome. Nothing is going to keep me from fulfilling my destiny that has been given to me from God. So it's so, so important to get that word from God, to have that vision from God, to have a purpose from God, to have that course from God, to have that work from God. You know, God, God gave me many promises. He's, he's prophesied over me so many times. One of them just came, came into being. I mean, and it took six years. Six years. Somebody told me, prophesied over me, that I would be standing, you know, in front of thousands and testifying, you know. And I'm like, okay, Lord, uh, I believe it, I believe it, you know, one year, two year, three year, four year, five year, six years later, and he fulfilled that prophecy, you know, in, in Colorado, when we were in front of about 3,500 people. But more than that, I humbly, you know, humbly, you know, say this, where 56,000 people have viewed the videos of me uh, and my wife, 56,000 people, and, and now we're getting a lot more followers and whatnot, and, you know, and, but that's a, that's, a, that's a prophecy. My wife, my wife and I, we've taken all our prophecies that, that have been prophesied, that we've been prophesied about, and, and, you know, the church, our ministries, we have them all, and, and it's, it's, they're just amazing. 
And so I have them. So that was important to me that have the word, that vision, that purpose, that course, that work. Why? Because then when what when 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 cancer was trying to attach itself to me and take my life, okay? When it was trying to take my life, I knew right away, no, I'm not finished. I haven't even started yet. I haven't even begun. I have a course. God has given me a destiny. A destiny. He has He has works that have been created for me in Christ Jesus that I'm to walk in. I knew that. So right away I was able to fix fixate on that. It's important to have it. It's important to have your word, your vision, your purpose. There's lots of things that fuel me. I have visions, believe it or not, I have visions of I, 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 I hope, I think she's going to be the first one married. I have visions of my granddaughter, Callista, being married, and Grandpa's going to dance with her at her wedding. Yeah. You know, she's only eight years old, so it's going to be another, you know, at least, I don't know, eight, and, and it's 24 minus eight is, what, 16? It's going to be at least another 16 years, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, whatever. I'm going to be dancing at her wedding. I've seen that. You know? Amen. Now, the more grandchildren I got, I get, and the younger they are, then I'm going to catch the vision. I'm going to be dancing at their wedding. Maybe even marry them if they let me. Amen. You know? Yeah. This is the vision, and I'm letting God make it real to me, because there ain't nothing going to stop it. Amen. Nothing's going to change it. So we see in Acts chapter 23, verse, 20, verse 11, Jesus is standing here, Paul says, you're going to test. All right, so now, let's pick this up. Acts chapter 27, verses 4 and 7. From there we put out to sea and sailed to the leeward sheltered side of Cyprus for protection from the weather because the winds were against us. For a number of days we sailed slowly and arrived with difficulty off Nidus. Then because the wind did not allow us to go further, we sailed under the leeward sheltered side of Crete off Salmon. So here it is right off the bat. You know, no, no sail, sailor in his right mind, no captain of a ship in their right mind would, would leave in this type of weather. But yet they are. The winds are contrary. The winds are against them. You know, you'd think they would have turned away, tur uh, turned back, or, you know, uh, just stayed where they were for a while, waited the storm out. And in Acts chapter 27, verse 9 through 10, we see, here's Paul. Now much time had been lost. And navigation was dangerous because even, you know, uh, the time for the fast, the Day of Atonement, was already over. So Paul began to strongly warn them. So a lot of time is passing by. Men, I sense, after careful thought, observation, right, inquiry of God, that this voyage will certainly be a disaster <laughs> and with great loss, not only to the cargo of the ship, but also of our lives. So Paul is going to get a word. You know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm getting to Rome. But maybe not on this ship. Let's wait. All right? Things are too good. Things are, you know, they're not on our, it's not on our side. If there was a weather channel back then, if there was a weather channel, it would be predicting and, and showing and forecasting and showing a nor'easter. If there was a weather channel back then. So now, they, they, they ignore him, and they start going. Uh, Acts chapter 27, verse 11. We're just skipping there. Read the whole thing like I mentioned. However, the centurion Julius, ranking officer on board, 
was, by, was persuaded by the pilot and the owner of the ship rather than Paul. Rather than what Paul was telling them. Now remember, there's a lesson right here. We'll always get two reports. We'll get the report of man. We'll get the report from man. And then we'll get the report from God. And right then and there, we have to determine, we have to be set, we have to reach an understanding right now that our number one report, the primary report, the most important report, the one that's going to govern our lives and govern our decisions and govern our walk is the report of God. And so many people want to magnify the report of man. I used to be like that. I really used to be like that. I used to be in, in, in I used to, you know, be at the situation because of our my understanding of of suffering and you know suffering of suffering like Jesus, you know, uh, how God brings, you know, suffering in our lives to build character and whatever. It seemed like the more suffering you went through, you know, like the closer to God you were, the closer to God you would become, or or the more pleased God was with your life. So yeah, we, we used to love Man, this is, this is terrible when I think about it. We used to enjoy, we used to really enjoy when things, you know, would happen because now we, we had a testimony. Oh, yeah, I, I have to go, you know, my back, I, I need surgery, I have, to get, I have to get some fusion, and I have to get, you know, some, some disectomy, and, and, oh, yeah, I, uh, I have to have ankle reconstructive surgery, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna tie in some new tendons, and, and you know it's like, yeah, come on, look at me, look at me, I'm really going through it, I'm really going through it, you know what I'm saying? And it's like we're elevating the report. Oh, the, and 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 the doctors have said it's gonna take at least, it's gonna take at least six to eight months before the cast is off, you know, or before I can start walking on it or putting any pressure on it. They're, you know, they're telling me physical therapy is gonna be a long. You follow what I'm saying? This goes on today. You know, this goes on today. We. We, we, we hear, oh yeah, it says it's going to be a long transition. Oh, it says it's going to be a long recovery. Oh, I, I'm going to have to stay off my feet. I'm going to have to stay on my, you know. And I used to, I used to, to glory in all that because it was like, that was pleasing to God? That, that you know, that, no, no. There's a better report. There's, if the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me, then that same spirit that brought life to Jesus Christ is going to revitalize and energize and restore my body. You know, I never forget when that doctor said, you know, it's going to take you years to recover. Years. Years to recover. And he told me about this Marine. Marines are tough. He said this Marine went on a, a, a bodybuilding program and increasing his muscular strength and, and, and you know, weightlifting and running. and get, Because, you know, I told him. I told him. And, it, and, he, and he said, and it's been three years now. Three years now, he's still going to physical therapy, da, da, da. And I told him right then and there, I said, you know what? He strengthened the wrong part. He strengthened his physical body. He didn't strengthen his spirit. I thank God. I praise God. I was told that, too. I was told that, too. I was told it was going to take repeated <coughs> treatments, repeated over and over. I was told this is going to happen. I was, going, I was told that was going to happen. I was told this and I was told that, but I never focused on it. And I never told anybody any of the things that were told me. 
I don't know about my wife. She said that the kids made her share some things sometimes. But even her, she, she didn't share everything that she heard. I know she didn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, because I stood on the report. The report. The report given to me by God. You will live a long life. Amen. You will not die. You will live a long life. You will not miss. And I didn't miss. Saturn. I proceed with peace. I had his report. I had his report. I could just imagine, you know. Oh man, I'm. It, it's. I gotta take it easy. It's gonna take a long time to recover. I gotta take it easy. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. I can imagine where I'd be right now. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be doing taekwondo. I wouldn't be playing basketball. I wouldn't be joining pickleball. What is it called? Pickleball leagues. You know, I'd make my wife do it with me because she didn't want it. I said, no. She said, I'm going to come and watch. I said, I don't want you to watch. I want you to come and do it with me. we got to do it together. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. I'll do most of the running and most of the hitting. You know, you just stand there and look good, you know. But I want you with me. So I'm joining the pickleball league and I'm joining the basketball league. You know, I'll never forget. I, I, my my daughter-in-law is here, and I love her so much, but she'll tell you about the day where, man, I was so out of shape and, and so... I was running with Calista in the backyard, remember this? And I just, I fell. I was so awkward. I lost my balance and I fell and I rolled and they all came to me, Grandpa, are you okay? <laughs> you remember that day? Oh man, you know, that was pathetic. You know, but no, I'm not just gonna live long, I'm gonna live long and I'm gonna live strong. Amen, long and strong. I got a great example in this church. I got a guy named Robert. Oh, I don't want to say his name. His initials are RS. All right? He's here. I mean, I'm looking at the guy. I believe he was lying to me today. I said, How old are you? He said, 81. I said, You can't be 81. <laughs> Holy mackerel. You look like LeBron James, man. You, you put a beard on you. You look like you put a basketball uniform on you. You could run up and down that court and play basketball. So I got some great examples in here. All right? But you know what? They weren't listening to Paul's report. So now look what happens in Acts chapter 27, verse 17 through 20. It says, after hoisting the skiff on board. I didn't know what a skiff was. You guys know what a skiff is? You know what a skiff is? They, they let go of this dinghy. Yeah, there you go. And that's like, you know why they did that? Because some of them were trying to escape in it. They said, you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not leaving. If we're not leaving, you're not leaving. And they threw that overboard. But then it says they threw off all the rig, too. Then they, they threw out the, the, the support lines. For, they, they, threw out, they, they threw out the mast. They threw out the chains. They threw, they threw out everything. The lighting. They couldn't steer anymore. They were trying everything they could do to survive. They tried to, I don't know how they did this. Somebody's going to have to tell me this. They took some ropes and, and undergird the ship. How the heck did they get it underneath the ship all around the ship? I don't know how they did it. How did they do that? I mean, you can't even do that today. But I, I don't know. And, and to, to support it, you know? Wow. Hearing that they might run aground on the shallows of, of, of Sirtis, off the north coast of Africa. And they were all over the place. They let down the sea anchors and lowered the sails and were driven along backwards with the bow into the wind. On the next day, as we were being violently tossed about by the storm, I guess the, the, the anchors weren't working, and taking on water, they began to jettison the cargo. Here it is, they make their money on the stuff that they're delivering, right? And they're getting rid of it. They're throwing it overboard. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle, spare lines and blocks, miscellaneous equipment, overboard 
with their own hands to further reduce the weight. Look at verse 20. Acts chapter 27, verse 20. Since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. See, this is what happens when you listen to the report of man, right? And no small storm kept raging about us. From then on, listen, here he goes. All hope of our being saved was growing worse and worse and gradually abandoned. Now, I want you to understand one thing. That wasn't Paul. That was the person that was writing this. So it was Luke. Luke was looking at what was happening because Luke was there. He was on that ship with them, and he was seeing all hope disappearing and fading away. Now, I want to tell you something. 1 John chapter 5, verse 9. It's a beautiful chapter. It tells about how we have the witness of man. We have the witness of man, but the witness of God is greater. And that's what we have to understand and know. The witness of God is greater. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1. You know, that, that verse, that, that, that goes right, be right before, by his stripes we are healed. He was bruised for our iniquities, right? The chastisement for our peace fell on upon him by his stripes well what does it start off with verse one who has believed our report who has believed our report how's the rest of it go i forget for he shall grow up not that one the one that says and, and whose his uh, uh, arm will be a and to whom is the arm of the lord revealed there you go and to whom i knew what it was is the arm of the Lord been revealed. So in other words, when you believe his report, then the arm of the Lord will be repeat, revealed in your life and to you. This is what they're saying. How, how, how often have we found ourselves, or do we find ourselves, or are we finding ourselves with losing, you know, losing any kind of hope? Because we've been listening to wrong reports. Can you imagine Abraham and Sarah? We want to have a baby. All right, let's go to the clinic. Guys, <laughs> they go to the clinic and they're getting checked up. They're both getting checked up. And they go before their doctors, you know, they go before the clinic, the doctors, the nurses, whatever, and they say, hey, what are you here for today? Well, we're here for a checkup. You know, we want to have a child. We want to have children. You know, and we just want to make sure. He said, do you know you're 100 years old? Do you, do you know you're 100 years old? How old is that? Eight? Um, 90? There you go. Thank you. Now, um, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, how long have you been trying to get, you know, pregnant so you can have a child? But, well, since I was, Sarah, can you imagine Sarah? Well, since I was 20. So you've been trying for 70 years? And all of a sudden now you think you're going you're gonna to have a child? Can you imagine that? But you know what? They were filled with hope. Why? Because God promised. Because the report from God said, you will at this time have a child. And so it says they staggered not. It says they believed. It says they were strong in faith. And they trusted the God. They trusted the God who calls things that are not as though they are. That's God who does that. God calls things that are not. Right? How does it say God calls things that are not as though they are. Yeah, just like he said, light, light be. There was no light. But he called it. He said, light be. 
He said everything else, be, come, and it did. He called things that were not as though they were, and they were, and they showed up. This is our God. This is our God. Hope. There's always hope. You know, sometimes I think Satan is so stupid. He, he, just, he just doesn't understand what defeat is. He just, you know, I, I, would, I would imagine that when Jesus was on the cross, right? His body was shredded. Right? Nails in his hands. Spike in his, 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 his legs. Crown of thorns beat into his head. Beard. I mean, I'm pretty certain that Satan thought, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain, you know, it looked like it was a hopeless situation. But they didn't know. They didn't know. Because Colossians, Paul tells us, had they known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Because, yes, he was crucified. He died. He was buried. But on that third day, he rose from the grave. Satan is stupid. You know what Satan must have thought? What he was going through his head? Like Pharaoh. Satan is, Pharaoh is a type of Satan. So you think, think, think Pharaoh's like, I got them now. I got them now. There's nowhere they can run. There's nowhere they can hide. I got the mountains on the left. I got the mountains on the right. I got a sea in front of them. And my army behind them. Right? Satan is like, yeah. I'm taking all hope away from them. He just doesn't know any better, does he? And you know what happened? We know what happened. Okay? The sea split. They walked through on dry ground. There's no such thing as hopeless with God. And then what happened after that? Who was drowned in that river? Pharaoh. A type of Satan. He just doesn't get it. He just doesn't know. And you go on and on and on. People who think they don't have any hope. There's no such thing as no hope with God. No such thing. Ask David as he fought Goliath. Ask Joshua as he caused the sun and the moon to stand still. Ask that widow who, who came, I don't know, you know, you know. Was it Elijah or was it Elijah? They, he came and he said, give me something to eat. And she said, I only have this little piece of meal. I was just going to give it to my son and me. And we're going to eat our last meal before we die. But I'll give it to you. And what happened? It never ran out. It never ran out. You know what? I'm, I'm, I am gullible enough to believe that if, if chaos was to happen, I am gullible enough to believe that I'll walk into my refrigerator pour a glass of milk, put it back in the refrigerator, go back the next morning, and have that pitcher filled back up again. If it happened to that widow lady, why can't it happen to me? I'm in a better covenant. I believe, I'm gullible enough to believe that I'll take that nice fresh loaf of bread, and I'll slice it up, and I'll have a few slices with butter, and then go back the next morning and have that, that bread be full, 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 back, full again. Why not me? Why not you? You know what? He fed, he, he sent his disciples out with a basket, a bread basket. What was it, two fish and a few crackers? Two fish and a few crackers? And it just kept multiplying, and it kept multiplying, and it kept multiplying, and it kept multiplying. And it's estimated that there was anywhere between, between I don't know, 
because they only counted men, right? Men, women, children, anywhere from 20 to 30 to 40,000 people there. And the, the bread kept coming. And the fish kept coming. There's no such thing as no hope. There's no such thing as no hope. I've heard of, I've heard of miraculous testimonies of people that, that hadn't, I hadn't filled up, I haven't filled up my car in two months. I've heard it. I've heard it. I remember Andrew Walker, Andrew Wyman gave a testimony about, yeah, but they, they were going through a challenge, you know, money was tight, you know, and he had to put gas in his car for weeks and he was driving around on it and it was on empty. You know what? If you're saying, no, 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 no. You're not believing the right reports. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. That means his righteousness, his, uh, his, another, not yours. And all these things will be added to you. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm getting, my goodness, I'm like, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting pumped up inside, inside, you know? Because this, this thing is all twisted. This thing's all twisted. This is, you remember Jesus taught. Jesus taught about the, the sower. And he's sowing the seed, right? You know, and if Jesus is the sower, you think he's going to be sowing some bad seeds? No, he's sowing all good seeds, right? And that good seed that falls on fertile ground, right, produces 30, 60, and 100 fold, period. But you see, he's, he's sowing good seed. But someone else is sowing bad seed. And that's, what, that's what's producing the thorns and the thickets and the thistles that when his good seed comes up, it chokes it. Well, I don't want nothing choking God's good seed. I'm not angry. I'm excited. See, my, 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 that's my... Huh? I'm not angry. I'm, just, I'm happy. I'm excited. I don't want nothing choking God's seed. I don't want nothing choking God's seed. Nothing. Paul didn't lose hope. Now let's look at what's, Acts chapter 27, verse 21 through 25. After they had gone a long time without food, this is amazing. They went days without food. These guys were hungry. Right? They were hungry. This wasn't a couple of days. This was many days without food because of seasickness. <laughs> I guess they couldn't eat if they were hungry. I, have you ever been seasick? I've been on a, I've been on a cruise, man. Oh my gosh! I, everybody around me, man, they were you know what's the word up chucking. I can say that right. They were up chucking. It was really a it was bad out there, and they were anywhere they can you know anywhere they can find you know a garbage can whatever. And I started getting sick, and you know and then all of a sudden I said, no, I'm not sick. And I never forget. I went to the to buffet the meal right. Nobody was there, but the food was all on the table. So me and Lori went there, you know. She wasn't feeling too good, but I wasn't going to let me stop it. And I was just, can I have this dish? Can I have this dish? Because they serve lobster. I love lobster. I just ate, man. I, was, I wasn't getting sick, but anyway. It says they were seasick, stressed, 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 stressed. No. Seasick, stressed. They didn't eat for days. But here goes Paul. Remember what the Lord told Paul? You will go to Rome and testify about me. Paul had a word. Nothing was going to stop Paul. So Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have followed my advice and should not have set sail from Crete and brought on this damage and loss. Should have listened to me. We should follow the Lord's report, right? Follow his direction. 
But even now, here we go, I urge you to keep up your courage and to be in good spirits. He's saying, cheer up, guys. They're like, you know, are you, are you kidding me? Cheer up? This is what Paul says, cheer up, guys. Why is he telling them this? Because there will be no loss of life among you, only the ship. All right, I, 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 I'll take that, Paul. You sure? I'm, I'm going to live? You're going to live. No loss of life. Be assured. Cheer up. For this very night, an angel of God to whom I belong. Oh, do you belong to him? Amen. Do you serve him? Amen. An angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood before me and said, Stop being afraid, Paul. That word afraid is not in, in, the, uh, in the Hebrew. Uh, in the Greek, it's saying, instead of being afraid, it should be saying, be encouraged, Paul, or be an encourager, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has given you the lives of all those you, that are sailing with you. Isn't that amazing? So keep up your, your courage, men, for I believe God and have complete, listen to this, I believe God and have complete confidence in Him. That it will turn out exactly as I have been told. You must get your word. You must hold on to your word. You must cling to your word. And you must believe that you believe that you believe that it will happen exactly as God has told you it would. You will overcome any and every situation that the enemy tries to put up in, your, in, your, in front of you for your footsteps. And I'll tell you what, I am so grateful. This is the important part, guys. We get to do this now. We get to do this now, okay? When I had that report come on me, I am so glad, right, that I didn't have to learn everything I know now. I'm glad that I had learned it. I glad, I'm glad that I knew it. I'm glad that we lived it in our family. So as I let my family know, they were able to say, Dad, you know you're going to live long and strong. Dad, you got this. You know what to do. Hallelujah. I got my word. I got my encouragement. So important. So vital. And this is what we're learning from this portion of Scripture. I hope this is blessing you guys. I hope this is blessing you. One last thing. One last thing. I, I read this and I was amazed. Now remember that this has been days and they haven't eaten. Paul hasn't eaten. It's been days. Okay? Look at verses 34 and 35. So now Paul, the ship is going to go down and there, those people that are strong enough are going to have to swim to shore. Okay? Is that right? Did I say it right? Swim to shore? I didn't say sure to swim. They're going to have to swim to shore. And those that weren't strong enough were going to have to grab onto a piece of the, sh the ship and float on it to shore. But they're all going to make it. They're all going to be alive. They were all going to live. So Paul, he goes, I urge you, therefore, to eat food. For this is for your survival. For not a hair from your head. For not a hair from the head of any of you will perish. Now having said this, what does Paul do? What does Paul do? 
Paul takes communion. He remembers the Lord's Supper. That's where he gets his strength. That's where he finds his blessing. That's where he finds his encouragement. That's where he finds the anointing. As it says there, having said this, Paul took the bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. And he broke it and began to eat. Guys, I didn't have communion last week, but I decided to have it this week. I want to teach on communion uh, in the next coming weeks. Because I realized one thing. If you search out the New Testament, the New Covenant, there's only one place where we see why the body of Christ is sick and dying prematurely. And Paul deals with this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 when he's talking about the Lord's table. And he says it's because they're not rightly discerning the Lord's body. They're not rightly discerning the Lord's body. And here is Paul. He's showing us. He took this time to rightly discern, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, to celebrate communion, to celebrate the breaking of the Lord's body for the wholeness and the wellness and the protection and the provision to his whole, his whole body. And so we're going to do this together. We're going to take communion. And we're going to discern that body. Jesus said, Jesus said, this is my body that is given for you. And then he broke it. He showed, he showed us he broke it. He broke the bread. He broke it into pieces. And, and this breaking of my body, this breaking into pieces, and we know what happened around that cross, this is given to you. Given to us for what? For our sozo. For our wholeness. For our wellness. For our healing. And we need to rightly discern that Lord's body. And we celebrate communion. Remembering all that Jesus did for us. Knowing that it is ours right here and right now. So Lord we thank you. We thank and praise you. Your body was broken. It was broken by the Father. It wasn't broken by man. The Father was pleased to bruise you, to crush you. Why? Because through your sacrifice, the many will be made righteous, will be saved, will be rescued, will be delivered, will be made whole. Oh, we thank you, Jesus, for your broken body. And we do this in remembrance of, of what you went through, what you did, what you gave and what it was for, and it was for us. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, I love you and I pray you. I thank and magnify your name, Lord. We thank you for this blood. Thank you for this blood. Washes whiter than snow. Washes whiter than snow. If any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. If this cleansing 
is perpetual. For by one sacrifice, he sanctifies forever those he perfected. And that was perpetual. That means it was once and for always and constantly. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. We worship you and we praise you. We glorify your name. We magnify your name. Oh, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. Amen. Amen. Were you blessed by that message? Amen. Yes. Guess what?